welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, and filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I am a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. I want to wish each and every one of you a very happy new year. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season and you're ready to take on what 2023 has to offer you. And this is an especially fun episode for Jessica and I to record because it is actually our first episode that we get to record face to face. Woohoo! In the flesh. (laughs) In the flesh, yes. (laughs) Normally we are some 1,500 miles away from each other, but as I am visiting Colorado this month, we finally get the opportunity to be in each other's presence as we record, which is just so much fun. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first... Let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges and frustrations that week, and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? Yes, so thorn would definitely be, I feel like just being sick for almost two weeks now. Um, It's been on and off, kind of like a throat and nose kind of you know blowing Mm. your nose kind of thing here and there a bit of an elevated temperature but just enough to kind of keep you feeling not at your best but not enough to you know make you stay in bed all day yes to justify staying in bed (laughs) exactly yeah so we've done I think we've we've been watching a lot of movies because like by the end of the day we're just kind of Mm. worn out but yeah so that's a little thorny especially for the holidays you're like you know you want to feel feel good for them but um thankfully it's been you know, in, been well enough to keep going. But I'd say that the rose is definitely, you know, holiday Christmas break, like being off of work for a while, getting time to rest and just yeah. be. Um, I just love all the cooking and baking and eating of great mm. food. Um, and then here topping it all off, getting to be in the same geographical space again. Yes. So getting to hang out and you and I have tea time together and things like that. So just getting to be friends in in the same place being such a friends joy. yes being friends in the flesh mm-hmm. <laughs> um my thorn this week was um a few days of below zero temperatures <laughs> that I'm, I'm sure everyone has heard about these because everyone went through it practically um i'm glad none of us were in seattle by the way i don't know if any of you have seen those videos of streets totally frozen over in seattle and people just sliding down hills <laughs> it's terrible but um These below zero temperatures caused my husband, Nathan, and I to miss out on a fun one-night holiday that he had planned for us. So um, living in New York and being in Colorado fairly often, I have grown very used to the cold. But this past week, we had multiple days of ridiculously cold weather fall right in the middle of a getaway that we had planned about two months in advance to stay at a little inn in this tiny, tiny little mountain town that we love and we constantly visit every time we're here. And we were going to order pizza and 
just enjoy the snow and eat, eat breakfast at a little local cafe there. And we were just so excited for our tiny mountain town getaway. But of course the weather decided to ruin our plans with temperatures you just never see in Colorado, which was too bad. But as for my rose, similarly to Jessica, just Christmas, just having a week to be with family. And we had the opportunity this past week to um, spend Christmas with my husband's wonderful parents here in Colorado. And especially after having spent the last two years, just the two of us, it was the most life-giving, peaceful, mm. lovely time. And we made copious amounts of cookies <laughs> and had tea times and went on snowy walks and shared countless long conversations about our plans for 2023 and the future beyond that. And we made memories that I will just treasure for years to come. So good. All right. So a couple things before we move on to our letter. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. And we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, let's move on to our letter for today, which I think is a great letter for the beginning of the new year. Mm. When we have all set new resolutions and we're trying our best to pursue health and have a better year than the last. So here we go. Dear Wallflower, I come from a family that systemically struggles from obesity and I am the exception. I somehow was born with a metabolism that kept up with our unhealthy lifestyle during childhood. I was never a small girl, but I was never medically considered overweight either. However, things started to spin out of control starting in 2020. The pandemic radically changed my lifestyle. Then I graduated from college, got married, and started a stressful full-time job in practical ministry. Now I am 20 pounds heavier and totally clueless on how to love my body well. A part of the unhealthy environment of my childhood was self-deprecation and turning to diet culture to fix it, which of course never happened. I love good food. I love celebration. I'm desperate to balance what is good for me and what I enjoy in a way that doesn't savor of restriction or self-harm. I would love input or advice from you guys on how to move forward to pursue health without spiraling into a harmful view of my body. Thank you so much. Struggling with embodiment. Okay, so Jessica, what are your initial thoughts here? I am so glad that struggling with embodiment wrote into us. I can guarantee that she is not the only one feeling this way. And I imagine we have other listeners who may be in the same boat. Uh, whether because of the pandemic, being in college, getting married, being on some medication or whatever, most of us have experienced unwanted and unforeseen weight gain that has left, left us feeling unhappy with our bodies and out of control. It also feels fitting, like Kelia said, to talk about this topic here at the turn of the calendar year, as it's common for many of us to feel like we need a bit of a reset in January after having indulged more than usual in the months of November and December. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to admit that this letter is like putting a quarter into me. Like there is so much that I could say here, um, but I will try to keep my comments to what seems most pertinent to struggling with embodiment's main concerns. I want to start off by saying I do not advocate for quote 
dieting. Mm. While many people have indeed experienced short-term benefits from all manner of diets, it's all too common for them to gain back the weight that they lost and sometimes more later on. Many end up experiencing what is called yo-yo dieting, basically a pendulum swing between being on or off a particular diet with their body weight coursing down and back up with those drastic changes. Not only is this practically ineffective and emotionally deflating, it is also not a healthy, holistic way of embracing our embodiment. As our writer hits on, this savors of a fix-it mentality, which sees the body as something broken, perhaps Mm. even as an enemy to defeat. Instead of dieting, what I do want to advocate, which is what I imagine our friend struggling with embodiment is hoping for, is sustainable lifestyle change that promotes health and love for one's body. Before I get into practical advice regarding um, such sustainable lifestyle changes, I would like to share a bit of my own story with food and body image. I can relate to so much of what our writer shares um, from the love of food and unhealthy eating habits early in life to unforeseen weight gain and discontent with my own body. In high school, I had to go on to a medication that ended up having a side effect of increased appetite. I already loved food and struggled with self-control in that area, so a physical urge to eat more was obviously of no help. I don't recall exactly how much weight I gained, but it was roughly 20 pounds, if not more. When I look back at pictures of myself from that time, I can see the extra weight even on my face. Um, It was a tough time, to be sure. When I got to college, I was wary of the freshman 15 that people would joke about. And I, had, I had forgotten about that. That's a thing. Yeah. And then it was like the marriage 20 or whatever. I'm yeah. like, not, I can't do that. Right? So like, I had already exceeded that amount. Like in high school, because of my meds, I didn't want to gain more. Um, I began to consider what I could do that would not mean falling into the trap of fad diets. In addition to, thankfully... Um, Then being on a different medication that no longer had those side effects, I also put into practice some simple habits for when I would sit down to eat that helped me to get back down to a normal weight. So although my story is merely anecdotal, I am living proof that it is possible to gain weight and then lose it healthfully over time while both loving your body and making sustainable life changes. I've been at a healthier weight for about a decade now, and I now eat even better than I did when I was first making that journey. I hope that my story can provide a bit of inspiration for you alongside the, pre- uh, the practical tips that I'll provide. So now to move more into that practical advice, I want to begin with the point of view or the motivation that's at work in the background. Start by loving your body. While increased self-confidence and being comfortable in your own skin are likely to be benefits that come along with getting back to a healthier weight, don't wait until you get there to love your body. The very acts of caring for your body that will get you to a healthy weight ought to go hand in hand with a felt love for your body. Thus, don't seek to lose weight because you're mad at yourself or comparing yourself to others or even to past versions of yourself. Hmm. Um, Don't let let self-deprecation be the driver here. Rather, let the motivation to care for your body well come out of a foundational love for body and desire to take care of yourself. Our bodies are a gift that we have been given to steward well. If you don't yet see your body as a friend and an asset, then start your work here with the core motivation. Make sure you can engage the rest of the practical steps from a place of love and care. 
Remember that just as gaining weight happens over time, losing weight happens over time. And um, it will take time. It won't happen overnight, but the kinds of habits that will get you back to a healthier weight can also be the ones that will be healthy for you in the long term. Rather than seeing this as a short-sighted goal of losing those 20 pounds, live and make choices from a desire to love and care for your body over the course of your life. Your body is something to care for, not to fix. Next, I want to address the mindset behind making sustainable lifestyle changes. I was delighted to see that struggling with embodiment desires to balance what is good for her with what is enjoyable. Hmm. This strikes a particular chord with me. (laughs) Um, No surprise. My general approach to food is all about balancing stewardship of our bodies with delight that God gives us through eating. I'm so glad that she asks how to do this well because it shows not only that she desires it, but that she already believes it's possible. And let me assure all of our listeners, it is possible. So how can we embrace, celebrate, and enjoy without having the mindset of restriction? It starts by having an an abundance mindset, one of embracing what we can have rather than one of scarcity or about what we can't have. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to say that there isn't some notion of restraint here. Anything difficult like losing weight or learning a new skill or forming new habits takes discipline. And food-related changes often come along with saying no or at least less to certain foods. Um, However, mindset is a matter of emphasis on what we focus on. Um, So rather than making a big deal about what you, quote, can't or shouldn't eat, focus on the things that are the best to promote a healthy lifestyle. And by doing so, you'll end up crowding out the rest that doesn't fit into those categories. Mm. For example, rather than completely cutting out all treats or something like that, focus on what foods you want to emphasize in your meals throughout the day, filling your plate or your bowl with nourishing, satisfying whole foods. As we embrace healthier foods, the junky foods will actually start to taste less appealing to us. You may find yourself finding it easier to say no to certain things or simply eating less of them. Taste really is about habit. Yes. It can change over time based on our choices. That is so true. Yeah. And I think, yeah, too many people just think, well, it's not, you know, it's always going to be this way. This is what I like and this is what I don't like. It's like, actually, actually, no, you need to believe it's possible. (laughs) It really is about habit. Um, Additionally, it's important to note that complete restriction can actually foster unhealthy relationships with food. Mm -hmm. Rather than letting food have control over you, practice ways of choosing in advance how you will handle certain situations so that you can both embrace and enjoy without overdoing it. For instance, like if someone brings a surprise treat to work someday, rather than feeling like you always have to say no altogether, you might just decide to have a small piece and just savor it slowly. And as far as amping up enjoyment of food as you explore healthier options, be curious and try new things while also working within what you already know that you like. Spices also go a really long way in making food exciting. (laughs) As my husband and I have changed the way that we eat over time, we realize that so much of our enjoyment of food comes from flavors that are added to the basic ingredients. So we make a lot of plant-based meals exploding with Indian spices and other um, Eastern Asian flavors, or maybe go to Italian and broadly Mediterranean and Middle Eastern flair. So have fun with your food and get excited about how to enjoy healthy foods by focusing on the flavors that they feature. 
also I'll say that when it comes to embracing food with an abundance mindset, don't demonize broad categories of food. Mm. Too often, diet culture makes out an entire macronutrient as bad, like fat <laughs> or carbs. This is dangerously reductive and misleading. Mm-hmm. Um, fats include anything from butter and lard to avocados and walnuts. <laughs> Similarly, carbs are found in cake and cookies, but also in quinoa and lentils. Saying carbs are bad essentially equates jelly beans to black beans, and that is unhelpful. Mm. We need all three macronutrients in various proportions. We simply need to choose the more healthful variations or versions um, and minimize our consumption of the less healthy ones. Um, so lastly here, I'll, I'll mention a few basic practical tips that can actually help you to get back to a healthy weight while enjoying food and loving your body well. Um, first, a, a, a caveat. While I'm not generally an advocate for counting calories, and I prefer to lean into eating mostly whole plant foods, if you're not even sure what your baseline is, it, it could be helpful um, to count calories. It might be a helpful approach for some. But the key is not to obsess over mm. it. Um, moreover, contrary to popular belief, calories are not just calories. Time of day of when you eat actually can affect how your body makes use of your food and the composition of a food's nutrients can also affect how your body uses it too. So um, I'm not, I don't know quite enough or, you know, to really get into the nitty gritty here and I don't want to take all the time to do that, but I will just say that a calorie deficit is what enables us to lose weight, mm-hmm. meaning that you're using more energy than you're taking in. Um, and one reason personally that I emphasize whole plant foods so much is that they are full of water, fiber, nutrients, and are typically less energy dense. So all these things that leave us feeling more satisfied and well-nourished without over-consuming energy. Mm. So with that quick caveat in mind, then some, some, um, quick tips here. First, eat slowly and mindfully chewing each bite fully and pausing in between During my journey toward a healthier weight in college, I would set my fork and my spoon down between bites so I would simply not simply be like queued up with the next bite right away. (laughs) Um, This just simple act of setting down my utensil made a huge difference. I would also say don't serve food at the table. On a, at least not on a regular basis. I mean, certainly feel free to do the occasional festal spread. There's always room for celebration, mm. and that's a wonderful thing to do. But, you know, on your basic week, weeknights, um, keep the food in the kitchen rather than right in front of you on the table. It makes it um, harder to just eat more because it's there. Mm. Um, one of the main strategies that I used to make it back to my original weight in college was to serve myself a bit less food to start with, like on my plate or in my bowl, than what I thought I needed. So if I needed more, I could go get more. But if I started with less, I would just, you know, I would see how much I would eat. Along with this, I would eat slowly and thoughtfully, chewing and enjoying each bite thoroughly. Not only is this kind on your body's digestion, but it also helps your body actually know when it's had enough. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would even have food left on my plate that I would save as leftovers. Um, third, I would say move your body. While none of us can outrun a poor diet, staying active is absolutely key to a healthy body. And in my experience, it's also key to a healthy relationship with food. Mm -hmm. When I'm walking, jogging, and doing other exercise regularly, I'm naturally drawn to emphasizing healthier foods and healthier eating habits, like savoring each bite, not eating more than I need, and so forth. And then as a last little add-on, I'd say de-stress. Um, do things that help you to manage stress. I'm, I'm not an expert in this area by any means, but 
I have heard time and again how detrimental stress is to our health across the board, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if it's linked to weight gain. And here at the end, I just want to reemphasize the importance of sustainable changes made over time. Having a good relationship with both food and your body is a lifestyle posture, not something that you do just for a time and then quit. So take steps that help you make incremental changes that you can maintain over time, and you'll soon be able to see it reflected as a set of foundational habits on which to build a healthy life. Hmm. All along the journey, honor your body and recognize that health is a lifelong journey of stewardship that is balanced with joy and delight. Don't let the elusive notion of perfection be the enemy of the good, which is sustainable progress made in a loving relationship with your body. Hmm. That's a really good last point that you ended on that I think a lot of times, especially in January, when we walk in to the new year with these expectations and these resolutions, we go, well, if by February I haven't been perfect Mm -hmm. all January, then I guess I've messed up my resolution and I just need to quit. (laughs) You know, don't wait till the next year. Yeah, yeah, don't wait until next January. Exactly. It's pick yourself back up. Okay, it's a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. It, it is about setting foundations, as you said. That's that's a really, really good last point. Um, I will start off by saying thank you to Struggling with Embodiment for sending this letter in and offering us the opportunity to talk about the subject, which I think is one that probably many listeners can connect with. I also want to, before jumping into some of my thoughts, give props to our writer, These are not comfortable or easy questions to ask. It takes courage, I think, to look at ourselves and say, I am not where I want to be, whether that has to do with our physical, mental, or emotional health. And to ask ourselves, what can I do to get closer to that? I think our writer's instinct to learn how to love her body well without punishing it or restricting herself is incredibly important here. I'm pretty sure I speak for all women when I say that for far too long, we have idealized one very particular body type. And many women, especially young, impressionable women, felt pressured to do anything to conform to this body type. I myself have gone through seasons of having a pretty difficult relationship with food and my body. I've had times where I've restricted And I've had times where I've counted calories like crazy. I've had times where I didn't think about the quality of the food that I was putting in my body and I overindulged. I've struggled before to like my body and to feel comfortable in it. And I think this is true for many women out there. I'm going to mention just a few stats here to highlight how deep this issue goes for us as women. One study found that 91% of women are unhappy with their bodies. Another found that 58% of college-aged women feel pressured to be a particular weight. 95% of the people who struggle with eating disorders are between the ages of 12 and 25. Just from a few statistics, we can see that the majority of young women have felt the effects of diet culture, myself included. And as our writer expressed, 2020 threw all of us for a loop. Our rhythms of health were taken away. We sought comfort more than anything else in the world when it felt like the world was just falling apart. And what I want to steer clear from is offering overly specific diet or exercise advice. I think different diets and forms of exercise will suit different people depending on their body types and lifestyle and genetics. 
So instead, I think it's important to focus on what it looks like to pursue health and how to lovingly take care of one's body. One thought I have specifically when it comes to diet, not meaning restricting, but just diet as in what you consume, is to strike a balance between not denying ourselves of good food and being mindful of what we consume. I love that our writer loves good food and celebration because I do too. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that we were created to enjoy good, hearty, satisfying meals. We were created with taste buds and a sense of smell. We feel hunger and we need to satisfy it. We were meant to enjoy potatoes and pecans and avocados and chocolate and sourdough bread. The orchestra of flavors we create when we bake a pie or make a stew are an incredible part of God's creation that we should savor. Food is beautiful. And what helped my relationship with food, and it's been a long journey, and I feel this is the healthiest relationship right now that I've ever had with food, was seeing it as a gift that was meant to be enjoyed in moderation. Because, of course, anything, as we all know, any good thing taken to an extreme is no longer good for us. It becomes harmful. So I neither restrict nor overindulge. I get second helpings of dinner while also being mindful of what I'm consuming in the first place. And this is not fun for me. I would rather eat fried chicken and quesadillas, and sometimes I do. But I treat those times as more special times, and I try to create everyday meals that both satisfy me and benefit me. I've also found it incredibly helpful to make my own meals at home. I did not grow up cooking, and to be honest, for a long time, I felt pretty inept when it came to making anything healthy or satisfying by myself with a stove. (laughs) I didn't really have any tricks of the trade up my sleeve. But eventually, I just decided that I would learn how to cook. And learning how to cook was, first of all, really empowering and surprisingly therapeutic. Yeah. You would be surprised how calming it is to dice an onion. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And second of all, it allowed me to take control of what I was feeding my body. It allowed me to make meals that would give me more of what my body needed and cut out unnecessary, unhealthy ingredients. It made me think about how much sugar I was consuming because diabetes runs in my family or whether or not I had gotten any veggies that day or if I had been eating too much of one type of food, which left to my own devices would probably be bread and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And thinking about what your body really needs Taking your age and genetics and lifestyle and everything else into account will help you strike that balance between thoroughly enjoying your food, because I believe you should love what you're eating, while also being cognizant of feeding yourself quality food that will benefit your body instead of hurting it. I am now going to pivot and speak about some of the body issues our writer expressed feeling. It genuinely makes me sad how widespread body issues are for women, but nonetheless, here we all are. I want to encourage our writer, as well as every woman listening, that your body was created uniquely with thought and intention. Your body, whatever its shape or size, is the only one of its kind. Mm. And I believe that our bodies deserve to be treated well, like the part of God's creation that they are. And this means a few things. First off, yes, this means engaging in regular exercise of some sort. 
And I say this as someone who really, really dislikes exercising. I do not like running. I think the runner's high is a lie. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a lie. <laughs> I haven't experienced it, okay? I'm waiting. I, someday. Yeah, some, maybe someday. I do not like sweating. I do not like the monotony of it all, of doing the same move and motion over and over again. And yet, I believe that our bodies are a gift, as Jessica said, that are meant to be maintained and taken care of. I don't think there's one kind of exercise that is the right kind. So I encourage you to try out different kinds and see what sticks. You might like Pilates. You might like running. (laughs) Um, You might like swimming or using the elliptical or maybe a mix of those things. I also think, however, a big part of what it means to take care of one's body well is to embrace what its natural shape is. Mm -hmm. Your healthy body is not necessarily going to look like someone else's healthy body. And I know this is a hard pill to swallow because I struggled with it for a long time. I used to wish I had a different shape, especially after getting kind of veiled and mean comments from other girls about my body. But we were each created with different body types, and I think we should honor the natural shape of our body rather than wishing it away and attempting to force our body to fit into an ideal that we have created in our head. So to summarize, please Don't restrict your food. Feed yourself with good, healthy, balanced meals. I promise these meals can be incredibly satisfying. And as Jessica said, your taste can change. Mm. I used to want (laughs) In-N-Out and Chick-fil-A like every day. (laughs) I don't anymore. My tastes have changed. Let yourself have some fun now and again, though, and indulge in a fried chicken sandwich if you really want one. Learn how to make meals that you love at home that are tailored to your body's specific needs. Take care to feed your body foods that will benefit it and help it take you through all the years of your life. It has to last a long time, your body. Mm -hmm. Discover a type of exercise that makes you feel good and feels natural to you. Honor and love your unique body type because it is a part of God's expression. I hope this helped our writer and any women out there that are facing the same struggles. It is now time for our Maybe Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? Well, since I couldn't get into much of my own philosophy of nutrition here, as I'm kind of a nerd about, um, I will recommend a terrific book of the um, which is on the the benefits of plant based eating, mm-hmm. called "The Proof Is in the Plants" by Simon Hill. Um, I will say up front that this book is not advocating strict veganism or even vegetarianism, so don't let that be a barrier if if you know puts up any flags for you rather um it's a terrific book packed with the science uh, showing that a predominantly plant-based lifestyle of eating is best for both our bodies and the earth Um, it's super accessible and very practical i can't think of anyone who would not benefit from checking this book out so Mm. take a look at the proof is in the plants the proof is in the plants (laughs) i like that title a lot Um, I am also suggesting a book this week. So I am suggesting a book called The Little Way of St. Therese of Lisieux. Mm. So St. Therese is a really interesting person to me. She died very, very young at the age of 24. 
and yet left this legacy is still inspiring and relevant to our everyday life. So this book is basically a collection of her formal writings and her letters to people that she knew. And the theme of the book is about how we have an opportunity every single day in even the smallest, most ordinary moments to draw closer to God and do all that we do with love, even in the littlest of ways. And that we ought to make ourselves smaller, in a sense, in order to worship God. And the chapters are pretty short, so I think it's perfectly suited to a New Year's morning quiet time rhythm. So I would highly recommend to anyone looking to deepen their spiritual life and create a good, healthy rhythm for their mornings this January to check out this book. To wrap this episode up, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, This Real Journey, and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, and personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.